Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Okay, so Kate. Yes? I was tempted to save this till our letter section, but our letter section is too full. So... I'm going to bring this up now. Uh, we had a fan letter a while ago from, a, from an artist, an Australian artist named Lorena Carrington. And she gave us suggestions and said lovely things about the podcast because she enjoys listening all the way down in Australia. And said she was going to send us a, her latest book, which is very good because it's not published here in America. That was back in January. It was back in January. Uh, then the book didn't come. And the book didn't come. And the book didn't come. Guess what came today? The book? The book! Ooh. Check this out. The name of the book is Satin. It's uh, by Sophie Mason. Lorena Carrington does this amazing sort of... I don't even know how to it, it, describe it. She loves silhouettes. Uh, and so she incorporates these silhouettes into her art uh, in everything that she does. She's done some fairy tale collections that are just absolutely stunning. And, uh, and you can see she always keeps with the silhouette theme. Also send us a bunch of postcards, which I am now dropping <laughs> all, all over the floor. All over your floor. <laughs> That's so, very cool. It's very nice. So I just wanted to thank her uh, officially because, you know, I'm bad at thanking by email. So, yeah, it's satin. So it's a neat little book there. Yeah, we like free stuff. I like free stuff <laughs> when it comes in the mail. Thank you so much. Yes, so thank you, Lorena. And, uh, and who is it uh, that she is sending stuff to? Well, she doesn't dedicate it to anyone. She just says, follow the colors that bring you joy. Yes. Well, I think that way she leaves it open as to who gets to keep said book. <laughs> and she doesn't have to pick favorites. That's true. That's, that's very smart. We all smart. live together. That's true. It's very yeah. smart. You are the one with children, so you would probably... That's... Yeah, that's why I want it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my children. <laughs> yeah. That's the ticket. All right. And uh, what is this podcast? Uh, this is the podcast where you send us free stuff. Yeah. Yes. It's called the Free Stuff for Betsy and Kate podcast. Yeah. Also yep. known as uh, Fuse 8 and Kate. Oh, right. Right. The actual name of it. Yeah. Uh, well. You know, the, the real one. This is sub, the subtitle. Exactly. <laughs> subtitle? And I am I, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Betsy, which means you're probably Kate. Yeah, I'm Kate. Yeah. The likelihood is high. Yep. 50-50 and, uh, chance. 50-50 <laughs> chance, uh, unless we have a guest, in which case it's a... I haven't had a guest in a while. I suppose we should have another guest. I'll I'll see. I'll see. Hey, if y'all want to be a guest, no, don't suggest yourself. I'll I'll come. To, we'll don't call us. We'll call you. Yes. And what do we do on this podcast? We get free stuff and talk to people. Yeah, sure. But we also <laughs> talk about picture books. All right. And if they are good. Yep. Or not good. Yep. Today's book was a suggestion. Oh. From Mr. Nick Brule. Okay. Uh, who does Bad Kitty. I've mentioned him many times on the podcast before. I feel like he's our other, other brother. He's our other, other brother. Our other, other brother from another, another mother. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he's been enjoying the podcast. And he asked, well, first he asked if we had done any Ezra Jack Keats at all. And I was like, yeah, we did not we, we did the snowy day. And then he said, well, have you done this particular book? And I was like, oh, we have not done this particular book. And so, 
this particular book, shall I withdraw from my bag? Okay. Apartment three. Apartment three by Ezra Jack Keats. Ezra Jack Keats, the man in question. Yes. Uh, yes. Apartment three. This I do remember this one. I think from my from my youth. To be Only clear, it doesn't say apartment. It says apt three. Yeah, anyone who wasn't familiar with the English language would have a real hard time with that one. It's clearly a APT three. APT three. So a kid learning to read would well, and there's a period after the T, so it's just APT. APT three. Yeah, you know me. Number three. (laughs) Nope. Bada boom, bada bee. Nope. Nope. Ezra Jack Keys. Okay. All right. Give me the book. Go read that book. All right. While Kate does her read, let's do a little background information into this book. Specifically, let's look at the 1971 Kirkus review of it. I love Kirkus. I'm sorry. I know they're mean sometimes, but the thing about a Kirkus review is that it's always interesting. And that's what I love about them, particularly when the book is good. In this particular case, um, the book had come out not that long after the other book starring Peter. And, and you have to bear that in mind when you listen to their review. This is very interesting. So they, they write... Keats's reluctance to coast with the successful Peter stories is understandable. It's too bad that the story he invents here is just a sentimental occasion for his backgrounds. But the backgrounds are impressive as usual, and the tone as well as the hero are mature enough for new readers too sophisticated for the usual picture book fare. Now, the whole reason I decided to select this book partly this week was that I did an interview recently with Virginia McGee Butler on my blog, A Fuse Number Production, She's written the very first full bio of Ezra Jack Keats in a book called Becoming Ezra Jack Keats. And she had all sorts of interesting information about the background of Mr. Keats and, and, and what he did. This was my favorite part. So I asked her, was there anything you learned about Mr. Keats in the course of your research that surprised you in any way? Any facts the public might not be aware of? And she responded, surprises were frequent as I researched for the book. Some were fundamental to his life story, such as his childhood in a poverty-stricken, unhappy immigrant family, his obsession with art from preschool days, and the way that the richness of experience in those early years shows up constantly in his illustrations and children's books. Almost daily, I discovered small gems inside that story, like his bewilderment when Ruth Gagliardo called to tell him that he'd won the Caldecott Medal, and he had never heard of it or his encounter with a young artist named Eric Carl that Keats invited to visit his studio, where he offered assurance that Carl could make a living as a children's book author and illustrator. I love that. And you're back. Hello. Hello. I read a book. A cheery, brightly colored, sunshiny book. I mean, this really should have been read in April with, like, April showers. Yeah, you know, well, I feel like we're we're at the tail end of, of the gloom. So this is our, our final bon voyage. It's, it's a good rainy day book. It's a very good rainy day book, Because yeah. it's raining in the book. Is it? Okay, I thought it was just gloomy, but there's an actual reason for the gloom. There okay. is actual rain. Oh, okay. Coming down from the sky. That would do it then. That would make it, yes, rainy, yes. Uh, so the story takes place in a big city, uh, mm. and it's raining, and there's a kid in an apartment building. Right. That only has three apartments per floor. So Okay. That's... that's yeah, that happens. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Smaller building. And the art is like, uh, I don't know what you would call this. It's some sort of paint. It's definitely some sort of paint. Yeah. And probably acrylic. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. But some sort of paint is kind of being smeared across the pages, mm-hmm. which 
it's nice how that reflects the text of it talking about there's a steady rain that's falling mm-hmm. and it's reflected in the art. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. Very different from Snowy Day, which I believe he did a lot of with cut paper. That one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah, don't yeah. remember it all. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right. So this kid named Sam keeps hearing someone playing a harmonica. Mm-hmm. And so he's going, he takes his younger brother, Ben, and they go floor by floor trying to figure out where this harmonica music is coming from. Oh, like Only Murders in the Building with the, uh, with the uh, what was it, a bassoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're doing that, but with the harmonica. Right. And they just hang out in front of people's apartment doors and then listen in to see if they can hear the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first door that they come to, uh, they can hear a crunch, crunch, crunch. And I'm like, oh, no, kid. Run away! Oh, no. <laughs> Don't get near that door. And then the door opens, mm-hmm. and it's a man eating potato chips. Okay. So. That's fine. Just. It's still, the shadows are kind of creepy, but okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. the little brother is really intrigued. I think he just wants the potato chips. Well, who wouldn't but... want the potato chips? Yeah. But still, we're seeing very muted, dark mm-hmm. colors. And that's persistent throughout the book. I mean, that makes, you know, on a day when it's rainy, nothing inside is going to be lit up like a you know birthday cake. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, they wait for the potato chip guy to go. And then they go one door left on their floor they go to it and they can smell cigarettes and cooking and there's a family arguing but there's not any harmonic music mm-hmm. now in this hallway there's a very tall broken mirror yeah and there's a trash receptacle of some sort mm-hmm. that has a newspaper sticking out of it you can see it's it's some sort of actual newspaper ah. that's been like cut out like a collage yeah, yeah, yeah. put put onto the page oh, so he is doing the collage with the paint so it's sort of a mixed media thing going on. On this page, yes. Oh, interesting. However, the newspaper says something about U.S. territories and then gives pricing per year and every six months. And I don't know what this means. <laughs> no, I don't either. It's uh, very no. weird. Why would that be in the trash? I don't know. Some early 70s news. <laughs> about U.S. territories and oh, how much it, it costs? Oh, I it was a lot, yes. All that Falkland Islands talk and stuff, yeah. Okay, well, well, they go down a floor uh, to see if they can hear the harmonica music. They just hear a dog barking, they hear a mother singing to a baby, and then the third apartment, there's not any sound. So they go down another floor, and on this floor, they can hear someone's watching a baseball game on TV... Someone is snoring really loudly, and outside their door is this giant mattress that has, like, flowers on it. And I'm like, please let there not be any bed bugs. Do not touch that mattress. In that mattress. Do not touch that mattress under any circumstances, kids. The little brother is sitting right next to it. Do not sit next to the mattress. Do not. And then the last apartment, it just says, more yelling. (laughs) Okay. That's honest. Okay. So then they go down another floor. Uh, it's the ground floor at this point, and they can hear the super uh, coming out of apartment one. Mm-hmm. And apparently the super just hates everyone, according to the little brother. So it's like, okay. So they're okay. hiding yeah. under the stairs until he leaves. Right. So that means there's two other apartments on this ground floor. Okay, now if the kids remember the title of this book, they will have a clue. Okay. Yeah. Well... There's apartment three that is mm. quiet, and there's milk sitting outside of the door, like a milk, a container of milk yeah. is outside the door. 
you know, like so much spoiled milk in the old days. Well, (laughs) it's not a like it's not a glass bottle. It's just a carton. So I think it was like a DoorDash thing that sort of. Oh, sure. Yeah. 1971 DoorDash. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, Uh Okay. So then in apartment two, they just kind of linger by it because you know whose door this is? Whose door is it? It's Betsy's door. Oh, Betsy. And so that means this book (sighs) has the name of both of my siblings in it. Oh, is your name in that? No. Oh. There is no oh. Kate. Oh. There is a Ben, oh. and there is a Betsy. Yeah. Where's the Kate? I don't know. Is there Maybe a sequel that's... to this book? Uh, sh- well, actually, there might be. He wrote these characters. Is it Apartment 8 with Kate? Come it's... on. <laughs> Come on. Wait, wait. What actually was I like a... stumbled into that one. Hold on. I need to see. What was actually in Apartment 8? Was that the? Was that people yelling? <laughs> <laughs> No, apartment eight was the uh, mother singing softly to her crying baby. So oh, maybe her name you're is the Kate. baby. No, I'm the mother. You're maybe. the baby. Okay, yeah, I'm the baby. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, so there. Apparently, Sam uh, likes Betsy, and so mm-hmm. he just wanted to say hi to her if she came out. Well, she never came out. <laughs> He's just gonna sit there all day. No Betsy, no music, Sorry, and then the little brother Ben is like, "Let's just go home." Well, as they're turning around to go back up the stairs, the milk is gone. Bum, bum, bum. What? And then <laughs> there's like the door is cracked open a little bit. So Sam like peeks in and there's a voice inside that says, well, and I mean, Sam's like, yeah. we didn't take the milk. <laughs> <laughs> Which means he's probably been accused of stealing. I was dead at the time. And, yeah. uh, and the guy inside the apartment is like, Okay, well, have a look. And so, uh, you know, Sam's kind of like peeking through the door. And then the man, it says, it's the blind man's apartment. He says, come on in, you two. What's the matter? Scared? Okay. <laughs> so The answer is 100% yes. Yes, yes kids. The Do not go is... in that apartment. I Do not go in any strange man's apartment. I think it's a pretty good rule in general. I once had a landlord who wanted me to investigate an empty apartment in our building with him alone at nine o'clock at night no and he said ah, that's what i said i said no and no. he's and he you know what he said what did he say what's the matter are you scared am now i was like yep um yeah yeah I, i'm yeah, sorry 100 you, you're, you're under the impression that giving me like a game of chicken is gonna make me yeah, I, suddenly want to like prove something uh, like, a single 25 year old yeah. woman Checking yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. No. So, so I'm, these telling these, kids. I'm telling these kids, run! Run! No, nope, they go in the apartment. They go in the apartment. And then yeah, they yeah. die. The end. <laughs> that, boy, that's bleak. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, no, no. No, 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 no. no. The, uh, the blind man is there. The apartment is... We're still going with the muted colors. It's still very dark. And I really wish the colors were more vibrant because as the man is talking to the kids... He, he knows about the kids. He knows about Sam's crush on Betsy. Right. And the kids are like, well, we know about you. You're the one who, uh, you know, sits around finding other people's secrets. And the man, he's like, you want to hear a secret? And then he busts out his harmonica. Um... But the text says that he played purples and grays. And the sounds and colors from outside had come into the room and were floating around. Well, not on the page. Exactly. That is kind of bizarre. I feel like this was a missed opportunity. I mean, it is purpley, but not bright. Well, yeah. I, huh. and, I, and I get that, you know, the man is blind. He, yeah. He doesn't need light, obviously. Right. He, he doesn't need bright colors. No, but if you say in the text that there were all these 
colors virtually that were coming in because of the music, it, it would make logical sense exactly. to do and, that thing. And yeah. you turn the page and it says that when Sam asks him, would you like to take a walk with us tomorrow? Uh, the music goes very quiet. And then all of a sudden, the dark room is filled with wild, noisy, happy music. It bounds from wall to wall again. You're not, I'm not getting that from the text. It's strange. Yeah. Or from the, from the images. I'm getting from right. the text, but not, yeah. Exactly. The the illustration and the text aren't really... Tell, don't show. Yeah. They're not married. <laughs> they're not. It is weird. And I feel like this was an artistic choice. But, yeah, very much so. Yeah. But a, a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway. muted, I think, is the best way. I mean, you've said this before, but yeah, yeah. muted. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the kids couldn't wait until tomorrow the end. Mm-hmm. That's it. No bright colors. Everything is still muted. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, you're not alone in this. I I did read a a review or two of them, and they were expecting uh, the snowy day. Uh, They were they were surprised that he that he doesn't even include Peter in this book. He's like, well, there's apparently some other kids uh, that he's gonna start putting in the book. And by the end, he did put like a whole neighborhood of kids um, in his books. Uh, which have been sort of turned into the kids are fine. I just wish yeah. that it had been muted up until the end. Yeah, and it would have been really have, nice, like, but it felt like he just of... felt he was locked into this. Maybe he thought it'd be too much of a shock to the. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a it's a strange choice. Yeah. Ratings time. Well, the art is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it's very beautiful, but it's extremely dark and muted. Yeah. But I think any kid that lives in a big city in an apartment building is 100% going to be able to relate to this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice story, and I like the ending. It's really weird that both of my siblings are in this book, oh, and, well, and I'm not. But um, it's, it's also a good title. We do a lot of books that I couldn't tell you. You can't remember the titles, right? Not yeah. at all. Yeah. And, like, and I read the book, and then I'm like, oh, what was this called? And, yeah. But this one... Good title. All right. Two to thumbs the point, up on the title. Yeah. It, it worked. It ties in. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Um, as I said before, this would be a good book to read on a rainy day. I do want to understand what was on that newspaper in the trash and why he chose that particular <laughs> cutout about U.S. territories and how much per year and per six I think months. because he thought it was so boring the kids wouldn't bother to read it. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I read it. Right. You read it. There you go. Um, but until I figure out what that newspaper was, I gave it a 5.9. Okay. Very nice. I, uh, you know, I am very fond of this um, because it's so evocative, because I really loved how he did city scenes. I like how he does apartments. I like how he does rundown things. Um, no one could do rundown things as well as Ezra Jack Keats. I completely agree with you. It's, it's very muted and it feels like a lost opportunity uh, at the ending there. Don't touch the mattress, kids. Also, I feel like this, yeah, do not, I love the roses on it. I mean, I, there's, that's the sort of thing. I, I love how broken that mirror is. Clearly with the newspaper, this is the trash that they've set into the hallway that they're going to be taking down at some point, that mm-hmm. broken mirror, the trash and everything. I love that. It's, it's just sort of an unspoken, understood thing of apartment living uh, in New York City that he's sort of able to bring out. You know, it reminds me of early Sesame Street. It, it reminds me of, of all sorts of uh, just, things and it's beautiful art it's it's evocative um but yeah i do feel like it yeah there were some missed opportunities along the way so i'm uh, i'm not as low as you i'm a, I'm a 6.5 but uh yeah so well with our scores combined it's, it's above a, a five so it's a classic okay it's a toe over the line classic yeah, yeah that's fine. all right that's not so bad sure letters time Ooh. okay so we uh, we did not mention this last week but uh 
As it turns out, when we did, when Aiden became a brother, uh, School Library Journal, you know, posted a link to it on Facebook. And I saw it the second time they did it. I must have missed the first time, but my coworker Brian most certainly did notice it and said, man, you got, you got a lot of comments there. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, you know, you got that woman all proud about getting it out of her school library. I was like, what? So he sent me the link directly to it. And lo and behold, this post on Facebook got 353 likes, 35 shares, and a fair share of angry comments. So for, I'm just going to read very briefly, uh, Two of the negatives and two of the supportives. Okay. One, the, the one that really caught my eye, the first one was, do you have and actively promote books written by detransitioners to warn of the dangers of transition? Just curious. <laughs> and then she did like that shruggy white lady, yeah. uh, you know. The, the Karen emoji. Yep. The Karen emoji. She, uh-huh. did, she definitely did the shrugging. Yep. I love just curious. That's always mm-hmm. so passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this other lady so thankful to live in Florida. We were successful. <laughs> I know. It's words that have never been said. Um, that's not true. There are some very nice parts of Florida. But Dude, there are school librarians in Florida that are yes, fighting the good fight. Yes, there are some amazing... Yes, so no, no shade on people who live in Florida. However, in the context of this particular quote, so thankful to live in Florida, we were successful in having this book removed from our library. It's like, eh, which is why I needed these other comments, including... Thanks on behalf of three families I know personally who have children in transition. So that was amazing. Nice. And then, thanks for featuring this book. I'm going to purchase and add it to little free libraries in my county in Florida. Wow. (laughs) Add tip to you, my dear. That is fantastic. Two sides of Florida. Two sides of Florida. Okay. Uh, And then we got a comment from Heather D. Who went, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Betsy. Call Kate. You forgot a very important holiday. Nope, no, not May the 4th, Star Wars. That's not Memorial Day. That's the, the end of the month. I know this, this is an important one, and you really should put red poppies on the appropriate site. You forgot Mother's Day. Seriously, Mother's go. Day hasn't come up yet. Oh, no, she said, but she said that's, that should be one that we, uh, we do next. You can call Kate right now. I'm sorry to be so shouty. However, this is important. Go call Kate. So she can get the cards, flowers, chocolates, writers, journals, knitting materials, etc. for your mom, Betsy. <laughs> mom. You have uh, the adorable grandkids to save you. Heck, your kiddos have their teachers to help them make the cards and such. Uh, Kate doesn't have that safety net. More importantly, uh, Kate has a mother-in-law. Trust me, you do not want to upset the mother-in-law. <laughs> she's very, oh, she's very could... concerned about this. So, uh, okay. right, Mother's Day. That is another. I yeah, always forget because I... it comes near my birthday, so I never remember it. Yeah, I, I bought all the Mother's Day gifts. Yeah, Y'all, and I made something. Kate so. <laughs> is well prepared when it comes to upcoming uh, gift-giving holidays of That's, any sort. So I'm y'all good. don't have I'm good. to worry about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But thank you. But thank you. That was, that was very kind. Well, yeah. We should very do concerned. Well, yeah. we should do like a Mother's Day book. All right. I'll do some, oh, that's not too hard. I can find something with the mom. There you <laughs> I go. I can find something with the mom. That should not be hard. Okay. Grown-up things we like. Okay. So uh, on the day that I gave blood... <laughs> that's a good first sentence of anything. Go ahead. I saw Renfield. Do you know? What- oh, that's the movie of the assistant uh, to uh, Nicolas Cage slash Dracula. Yes. Yes. So it features it's the guy from the menu, Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. Nicholas Holt, Nicholas uh, Holt, who right. is also in X Men. Well, yes, but he's in the menu. 
Uh, and he was in that uh, Catherine the Great thing as Peter, right? He was also uh, dating Jennifer Lawrence for a long time. Oh, was he? There you go. Oh, yeah. But also, Aquafina is in it. I yeah. Did, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, as you said, it's about Dracula's assistant named Renfield. Uh, it has the same kind of funny, gory fight scenes as Zombieland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's entertaining. It's funny. It's not exactly Oscar worthy, but I like that it's a new take on Dracula. However, we saw it when this couple brought in their, I don't know, three no. eight-year-olds and their friends. No. Oh, yeah. That's not great. It was awkward. Because oh, there's a lot of blood and a lot of gore and wow. and um <laughs> that, that, you know at, those at kids point, will have memories they can carry with them for the rest of their life at one point they like rip off the arms and kind of use them like nunchucks <laughs> to fight <laughs> off another guy and it's but i'm like oh my gosh these kids are oh my, they're, yeah. oh, okay Oof. anyway it's an hour and a half so if you want to laugh at a lot of blood and over the top gory fight scenes it's worth seeing just don't bring your kids uh, and, you know, it's only 58% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not Scorsese. It's, right. you know. And you get to see Nicolas Cage chewing scenery with those sharp, sharp teeth. You know, he's a great Dracula. Yeah. He really No, I is. thought that was actually pretty good casting. It was. I was like, yeah, give that man a goofy job. And they did. And they did. Good for them. Good for him. Good yep. for everybody. Support that pyramid he owns. Okay. Yep. Fantastic. My, my grown-up thing is, I do like this, but it, it's also more of a grown-up thing that's making me very, very, very nervous. I get an email, and it's from this guy, and he says uh, that he is from the public radio show and podcast Open to Debate, which was formerly known as Intelligence Squared. Uh, they're taping an episode debating the question, should certain books ever be banned? So they have two people arguing. And there's a spot in the middle for a question from two or three invited journalists. I am one of the journalists who will be asking a question. I was like, okay. And he's like, I don't have to prep. I just watch the debate. And then I'll pop up on Zoom and ask the question I like of the two debaters. And it'll air on NPR and uh, via the podcast a couple weeks later. I'm like, oh, great. great. Who are the people debating? Uh, The person who is saying, no, uh, certain books should never be banned is uh, Yasha Munk. And the person saying, yes, books should be banned, is Christopher Rufo. Now, Christopher Rufo, uh, if you're not familiar with him, perhaps you may have seen the New Yorker article in 2021, how a conservative activist invented the conflict over critical race theory. If you've ever heard of critical race theory, it's because of him. He's the guy who came up with the whole critical race theory. We should be banning it from like picture books and, and stuff from schools. This is the guy. I'm going to be asking a question of the guy. So I'm like, oh. Put him in his place. Just put him in his place. Uh, this will be fascinating. Absolutely. I've never been in a position like this before. So I do like that I was asked, but I do. I wish I knew who the other two journalists were, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm like, what if What if they're from the, the opposition? What if they're from like the New Republic or something? I don't know. So, so uh, what are you going to ask? Oh, I have. Oh, you will see. I got it oh. all planned out, baby. And I'm doing it tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah. Uh, if it's online by the time this airs, I'll link to it. People can hear what I say. Okay. Should be. Should that's be a, a, that's a nice cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. To be continued. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Books with moms. Yeah. That's nice. 
Yeah. I'll find something nice. And it'll come out like the day after Mother's Day. It'll be sure. in theme and... We've already done Are You Actually, My Mother. So. do a book about mothers-in-law. Mothers-in-law don't exist. Come on. They don't exist. Stepmoms? Oh, yeah, stepmoms. Okay. Stepmoms exist all over the place. Yeah, but then they're so preachy and, like, love them. Like, oh, fine. Or they're <laughs> villains. You know, there's no middle ground on this one. So I'll find a good one. Trust me on this one. I'll find, I'll find just a good one. <laughs> okay. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And until I figure out what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our Drooby Drooby Doo is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.